0: Hello and welcome to the Amateur Austenite. My name is Frances Duncan, I'm an author and the founder of the Jane Austen Society of New Zealand and my very special guest today is English teacher extraordinaire Paula. Woohoo! Yeah, English teacher extraordinaire, that's me. Yeah. She's also my sister so I have to say there's nice things about her. you know. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, give it up. Today we're going to be discussing chapter 50 of Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. In chapter 50, the house and the neighbourhood at large find out about Lydia's impending nuptials. Is that your whole that is my whole do you have more you think I miss some stuff out Well Mr. Bennett faces up to stuff a little bit but then you know he has his first transports of rage and we're really focused on that word rage we' mm, quite like that and also Mrs. Bennett is a bit crazy. Mrs. Bennett is definitely crazy and uh, Mr. Bennett writes his letter including the permission for Lydia and Wickham to come and stay. And uh, we hear Elizabeth's thoughts about Mr. Darcy. That's a much more comprehensive.
1: Thank you. Summary.
0: Mm. Thank you for that. Well, because it is a really boring chapter, right? because it is nothing Not happens actually happens. We're just You're talking about stuff that's already happened. And it's almost as if it's a let's catch everyone up on all this stuff before we go into the next juicy bit. I think it's super convenient that they have five children and Mrs Bennett has £5,000. <laughs> How convenient is that? Very. Maybe she crossed her legs after the fifth child. She didn't, though, because it says in this chapter that she was hoping for a six and she was hoping for a son still. That's really what they needed. None of this would have been a problem if they'd had a son. Oh, Yeah, probably still would have. Lydia still would have been Lydia. But would she have been... As silly. Like, would her mother have focused so much on marriage? And would that have changed Lydia? Oh, well, that's a good point. It may have. And Mrs. Bennett might have focused on the son. But who knows? You, you just don't know. I mean, that's that nature versus nurture debate again, isn't it? And Mrs. Bennett is an interesting creature. You never quite know what she's going to do. Oh, yes, she do. You reckon? The silliest thing ever, and she'll do it. Written in this chapter, she is so herself, it's and beautiful. no sentiment of shame gave damp to her triumph exactly she feels amazement and horror, horror, yeah, horror that Mr. Bennett would not advance getting to buy clothes for his daughter um because without it's... which the marriage would scarcely seem valid exactly because in those days, you did get a whole new wardrobe when you were married, right, because you had a married woman's wardrobe, exactly, and so for her. It's huge. But you can see why Mr. Bennett is not going to give any money for it, particularly because he still doesn't know where the money has come from. To pay off with him. Exactly. So he's still thinking, my goodness, I'm going to owe Mr. Gardner, his brother-in-law, a heck of a lot of money. Mm. So not only is he angry, and we, you know, that rage word again – uh, about Lydia's behaviour, he's also upset about the money and how he's going to pay it off and so those two things come together nicely and not giving any money to Lydia for clothes, for new clothes as a married woman. And I understand that in his reasoning. I mean, poor Lydia though, like for her, this is what she would expect because she doesn't still understand that she's done anything wrong. Yes, and we see that, and I assume it's the next chapter when mm, she arrives when at Longbourn. Yeah, and her behaviour then is, is appalling. It just shows that she really doesn't understand. Did you just say poor Lydia? Did those words actually come out of your mouth? <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. Hold on, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> I think you can feel a certain amount of sympathy for Lydia in some cases because she. Hasn't been educated to know that what she's doing is wrong. Next you're going to be saying you'll feel sorry for Mr. Bennett because he has such a disappointing marriage. And so therefore we can excuse his lack of parental responsibility. He should be a better parent. This is true. Mm. He should be a better parent. Just FYI, I'm not feeling very well today. (laughs) So I'm just down on everyone. But we thank you for doing the podcast anyway, <laughs> even though you don't feel great. Oh, but I enjoy it. I know. And everyone would miss you. Oh, I'm sure much they more would. More fun when you do it. Yeah, our hundreds and hundreds of listeners <laughs> would be writing in. Who would they write to? Oh, yeah, you do say your uh, Twitter handle. Yeah, yeah. So they'd all be writing to your Twitter handle saying, so where well, is Mueller is you know what's happened to her? She's the best part of the podcast. I've killed her off. <laughs> you all liked her too much and killed her off." <laughs> Um, so we do have Lizzie falling for Darcy in this chapter, or thinking about him. And she was jealous of his esteem when she could no longer hope to be benefited by it. She wanted to hear of them when there seemed the least chance of gaining intelligence. She was convinced that she could have been happy with him when she was no longer, when it was no longer likely they should meet. I like that balance of mm-hmm. those sentences, um, and how gladly and gratefully received would have been his proposals now. He was exactly the man who, in disposition and talents, would most suit her, she's decided, now that she can't have him. And and also, I think sometimes when you come away from a situation, you can see things a little bit more clearly. And perhaps it's what Jane Austen was meaning in this, that she was able to see more clearly. Because she wasn't emotionally in the middle of it anymore yeah yeah she's had a chance to think about things and I think that's a really sensible thing to do rather than making a knee-jerk reaction like like she did with the proposal absolutely going and saying actually give me some time to think about this because this is a big shock to me yes and and while that's easy to say when you're in the middle of it that's a very hard thing to do it really is it really really is I think it shows a lot of maturity Yes, to be able it, to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, that's what Lydia doesn't have, and that's why she didn't do it. But Elizabeth does. Mm. And, again, it's the two in comparison to one another. So you've got Darcy and Wickham, and then you've got Elizabeth and Lydia, and you've got those two showing the two sides of the... The way that you could react or act in a in a romantic situation, and it's really interesting to compare the maturity of the two sisters against each other. Yes, Lydia is the youngest, but she is very immature. Yes, still, you just can't imagine that Elizabeth would ever have been as immature as Lydia when she was her age. No, you can't. Or Jane. No. And you hear that her mother was trying has been trying to marry um, poor Jane off this whole time. Yes, yeah, since, since she, she was sixteen. 16. Aww. Aww. That's hard. And just such a lot of pressure on Jane every time she goes out in society anywhere. Have you met her husband? Where is your husband? Yeah. At the end of the chapter, we find out that Mr. Wickham is going into the regulars, which is like the regular army, so he might actually have to fight. Or do something. It would actually do something, so it's less of a fancy ceremonial thing. And Mrs. Bennett is upset about this because um not only are they going far away, but there are several of the young men that Lydia liked very much
1: yeah. in their current
0: regimen, but she's married, but she's married, and Mrs. Bennett doesn't seem to understand this. I'm wondering if she's been thinking so long about getting Lydia married that she's just still in that mindset she just can't get past it. that could make sense, yeah. She's like, well, of course she's still got to flirt with all the boys. Yes. Even though she's got a husband now. Yes. Even though that's horribly inappropriate. Yes. Horribly inappropriate. But you can imagine Lydia continuing to flirt uh, when they go north. I don't know if there are any books about, you know, fan fiction that people have written about that. But I could imagine, you know, Lydia and Wickham going north and Wickham you know mucking up in some way and lydia flirting with all the men and getting herself into all sorts of trouble i have read some fan fiction about what happens to lydia and one of them she ends up pregnant to somebody else ah that's what was just on my head (laughs) i don't know does it still count as fan fiction when it's published i think so because i tend to think of fan fiction as you know the stuff that you find on the internet but i guess technically anything that's written based on something else is fan fiction so yeah. technically the stuff that I've written is fan fiction. Yes. Interesting. I, I would think so. Mm. While it is a quite a boring chapter because nothing happens and as you say it's just comments on what has happened, I really think that it's a great chapter in the way that you learn a little bit about many of the characters uh, and of course you get to see Mrs Bennett and you are prepared then for what's going to come next in the next chapter. because she's just so funny. And for Lydia turning up and how Lydia is going to behave. You yeah, exactly. You're yeah. prepared for that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that sort of prepares you for the ridiculousness of, of what is to come. And I think we talked last week or some stage about Mary and Kitty not being spoken about very often. Mm-hmm. And you notice that they weren't mentioned really at all in this chapter. No, they weren't. The sort of padding. Well, when you've got five girls, you don't really need that many. That's why some of them often get removed in the adaptations. Yeah. Yeah, because you don't need them all. <laughs> far too many girls. Our parents had six children. Luckily, they only had four girls. That's quite the right number of girls. Absolutely. I think. Five well, is just far five too, is many. too many. <laughs> One of them's likely to run away with a dastardly man. <laughs> <laughs> and that is our summary of chapter 50 of Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. My name is Francis Duncan. You can find me on my website, francesduncanwrites.com and on Twitter at francis underscore Duncan. Thank you for listening and we wish you happy reading. Just popping back in to let you guys know that we have merch now. I haven't actually got merch with my face on it. That seems a little weird to me, but if you really want it, let me know and I'll do that. There's merch of...